Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Vic Kelly, Johnny, Worldwide Mutual. How's your Spanish? CC, senior. Oh, mother told me there'd be days like this. Want egg in your beer? I gotta be a linguist yet? May have to be a lot more than that to unscramble this one. Tell me about it. Oh, uh, price is still the same, though. Get on over here, will you? Sure, but give me a little hint. I'd like to start worrying early. All right. Try this. William Billy Alder. The promoter? World's number one salesman? Up again, down again, Alder? The same. And at this point, he's up. Up to his ears in Venezuelan oil. We're carrying a quarter of a million life on him. Ooh, I'd settle for the premiums, Vic. How come you're worrying? You'd worry two carrying coverage that size. Especially with Alder behaving like he is. Like? Like changing his beneficiary five times in a month. What would you say that means? Means I'll be right over. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Alder matter. Expense account item one, $1.35, the price of being taxied to Vic Kelly's office at Worldwide Mutual. For a normally easygoing fella, Mr. K had a bad case of how did I ever get into this? $250,000. That's a big policy. Big. You look like the claim's already been filed. Smile a little, Dad. Yeah, sure. At least fill me in. How much do you know about Billy Alder? Oh, just surface stuff, what the headlines say. Promoter, wildcatter, super salesman. Fellow with a flair for selling anything. Why? Well, that's what's rough. I can't give you too much more than that. He's been in a dozen different businesses, headed up a half a dozen corporations, a couple of bankruptcies, even a nasty court case. He's been flat broke and six months later been a walking blue chip. Been up and down more times than a yo-yo. Oh, that's a nice life if you can take it. But feast or famine, he does everything big. Like the quarter of a million policy, huh? Well, it didn't seem out of line three years ago. It still doesn't. Not with the kind of money he's dragging out of the ground in Venezuelan oil. Hey, uh, this changing of beneficiaries, when did it begin? A little over a month ago. In succession, it's been his wife, his daughter, a brother, back to the wife, and now it's his daughter again. <laughs> Sounds like a woman trying to make up her mind about a dress. Price tag's a little different. What does it sound like to you? Give me a chance to get down there and look, would you? I mean off the top of your head. Oh, sounds like he's worried. Like he shouldn't buy any long-playing records. Look, Johnny, there's a clause in the policy that lets us investigate irregularities. Go take a look. Just don't expect him to cooperate. He's a big operator-type fella. I don't know. I never met him, but I like him already. What? His style. Any man who uses a slogan like, we lose a little on each deal, but think of the volume. Well, he's for me. I gotta keep him alive. Expense account item two, $329.88. Airfare and incidentals to Caracas, Venezuela. It was about noon Sunday when the big plane lazed in over the Caribbean shoreline, pointed its nose for the Magida Airport in Caracas. Below us spread what's laughingly called man's handiwork, his progress. A few short years ago, it had been nothing but lush green jungle. Then came men shouting the magic word oil, and the jungle was now disappearing as fast as they could throw up the derricks and sink the drills. Progress. A taxi to the Hotel Parayo and a good lunch adds up to item three, four bucks even. I was ready for business. 
Knocking around in this game, you learn a lot of ways to save steps. On another country deal, for instance, the local police chief is one person you can't ignore. He can save you more than steps, blood sometimes. He turned out to be 35-ish, bright, relaxed. They might have changed the jungle, but nothing was going to alter Jefe Velasquez's style. He took his time, even after I told him why I was here. I'm sorry about the ceiling fan, Senor Dollar. Oh, what's wrong with it? It's working. See, but it's old-fashioned, not like the, um, how you say, uh, air condition in Estados Unidos. No problem. I'm comfortable. With all the money from the oil, you think they may modern these offices? No. It's air conditioned in the home, in the car, but not in the office. At least this one. <laughs> A fan. Well, they'll get to it. Jefe, I get the feeling you're steering away from discussing Billy Alder. Of course. Then there must be a reason. See, because I do not want to give you the bum cow. Oh, bum steer. Uh, gracias. Uh, what I mean is there is uh, nothing to put the finger on. To look at them is a nice family with lots of money living in a big, expensive house. But you spend a couple of hours there. You know, it's not that way. It's nothing you can see, but... Uh... All uh, underneath. Mm. You ever see an oil well fire, Juanito? Uh -huh. All the, the burning and burning under the ground. Then, when it's enough force, whoosh, everything explodes to the sky. It's exactly what you expect when will happen to these people. Someday. And still, it's hard to figure exactly why. Well, that is all. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate what you've given me. Now, what's the best way to get to the house? You go there, huh? That's where the job is. It's easy enough to get to, I tell you how. You mind if I ask a question, amigo? Shoot. In your own office, you got a fan or air condition? When I left him, he was even weighing the idea of spending his own money for an air condition. I went right on spending company money. For instance, item four, $39.55 deposit and first day's rental on a U-Drive automobile. A 20-minute drive over the autopista, that's a six-lane mountaintop freeway, less traffic jams, brought me to La Guiara, a clean, scrub-looking suburb on the edge of the Caribbean. The older house wasn't hard to find. Huge and impressive, it sat all by itself on a high promontory jutting out into the sea. I suddenly found that I'd become J. Dollar Intruder, because in the doorway of the house, a very luscious young lady was being enthusiastically and expertly kissed by a handsome young man. <coughs> My cough must have been pretty frightening because the boy took off around the house like a quarter horse. Not so the girl. She glared angrily as she came toward me. I hope you're satisfied. Well, embarrassed is a better word. I'm sorry about my time. I'll bet you are. Well, look, Miss, Happy I, uh... now that you've got something to tell my father? Well, go ahead and tell him. If you'd only slow then down a minute. while you're at it, tell him something else. That he can hire as many detectives as he likes. It still won't keep me from seeing Paul. Well, looks like you'll need track shoes to see him now. Very funny. Assuming that was Paul. Look, I don't... Assuming... Oh, now look, lady, you never gave me a chance to explain. Not too hard to figure why, well, who you think I am, but I'm not. My name is Johnny Dollar, and you're right about only one thing. I do want to see your father, but not for the reason you think. Okay? But I... I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar. Good. Are we friends now? I'm Peggy Alder. Yeah, I figured as much. Would you like to come in and wait, Mr. Dollar? Wait? My father isn't home at the moment. He shouldn't be over an hour, though. Fine. You won't say anything about what you saw? About Paul, I mean? Lady, the world is full of trouble. Why should I add to it? <laughs> Billy Elder's selling methods may have been wild, high-pressure stuff, but there was taste in his home. And uh, when Peggy Alder put a drink into my hand and led me out to a patio, I was ready to get a drill and go oil hunting myself. Patio. It was a small, exclusive, man-made mountaintop 600 feet down to the Caribbean on three sides. If you were going to have troubles, this was the place to ponder them. Peggy Alder still didn't trust me completely. Inexpertly, she tried to dig out my reason for being there. Gave up after a while, then excused herself when her father showed up an hour later. Glad you're here, Dollar. What's wrong? Oh, uh, just surprised. Guess I expected to be tossed out. Why? <laughs> kind of delicate asking a man why he changes beneficiaries like some men change suits. I read the policy. Your company is allowed to ask. We appreciate your feeling that way. But it says nothing about my having to answer. No, no, that's right. It doesn't. 
But it's hard not to draw conclusions. Such as? You're afraid somebody is, shall we say, gunning for you. But you don't know who. Am I right? Is that what your company thinks, too? Well, they don't think anything, but they'd like to know. Do you enjoy your trip down, Mr. Dollar? Uh-huh. Well, I take it I've worn out my welcome. Sorry. No, no, no. Sit down. I told you I was glad you're here. Then you shouldn't mind a couple of questions. I'll tell you nothing, Mr. Dollar. I admit nothing. Is that clear? Is it? Look here. Your company has a good deal to lose by my death. We just want to be sure nobody's thinking of it as a commercial venture. Then stay here, Mr. Dollar. Here, in this house. Keep me alive. Behind the calm, controlled demeanor, Billy Alder was loaded with fear. The worst kind of fear. The grinding, implacable kind of terror that for some reason has to be hidden. Two hours later, my bags had been sent for, and I was comfortably settled in a guest room only slightly larger than Pennsylvania Station. By dinner time that night, the only other people I'd seen in the house were the servants. Alder, his daughter, and I sat down to eat alone. I must apologize for Mrs. Alder's absence, Mr. Dollar. She went to the bullfights today. She's staying in town for dinner with the others. Uh, the others? We have several guests staying with us. Charming people, Mr. Dollar. Wait till you meet them. I think we can do without that kind of talk, Peggy. You defending them, Father? Guests. Don't you mean leeches, parasites? That'll do. At least they'd have the manners not to start a thing like this in front of Mr. Dollar. You may be excused any time you like. Gladly. Incidentally, thank you for disobeying my orders to keep Paul Kincaid away from this house. You... You told him... After you promised. Mr. Dollar told me nothing. You seem to forget that servants have eyes and ears. Sorry. Didn't mean to embarrass you, Mr. Dollar. That's all right. (laughs) Kids. Can't do anything with them these days. Headstrong, no sense of values. (laughs) That Paul Kincaid, an oil field foreman. (laughs) Can you see him fitting in as Peggy's husband in the Billy Alder Enterprises? Quite a step up. If he can make it. Believe me, he never will. After dinner, Alder and I headed for that fabulous patio. I hoped he would open up, but he kept the talk general. Charming, witty, but simply conversation. Truthfully, I wasn't too unhappy, because the setting was one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. I couldn't take my eyes away from the lights far below. The glittering shoreline stretching from Carinero all the way to Puerto Cabello. That's when it happened. The bullet smashed into the wooden canopy support just inches from Alder's head. So close that the splinters flew, buried themselves in his cheek. Mr. Alder, you all right? I I think so. Stay here. I raced back through the house, headed for the front entrance as fast as I could. Outside, I tried to stare through the darkness into the only direction from which that shot could have come, the rolling jungle slope of the promontory. Sure, it looked deserted, but I knew it wasn't. Someone had to be out there with five more bullets in his gun and murder in his heart. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, one man dances attendance, another dances death, and a woman calls the tune. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Caracas Police, senor. I have Jefe Velasquez returning your call. Momentito, por favor. Thanks. I have the senor Dollar, Jefe. Gracias. Uh, good morning, amigo. It is, huh? Here it is. Here it ain't. Where is there? The Alder House in La Guiara. I'm staying here at Alder's request. Ah, you are uh, a they call a, a fast mover, amigo. Felicidades. Sorry, but felicitations are a little out of place. Trouble? Someone came within inches of killing Alder last night. I've got the bullet. How's your ballistics set up? At your disposal. Just bring it in. Thanks, I will. Maybe it's got something to say. I hope you're right. But, amigo... Yeah? Don't you think is the next bullet you should be worrying about? <laughs> Thank you. 
tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Caracas, Venezuela... To the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Alder Matter. Expense account continued. Expense account item five, $5 even. Tip to one Nachos Gomez, servant in the big Alder house. For a good reason. He hadn't liked the idea of my prowling the slope alone last night looking for someone with a gun. He'd insisted on joining me. True, we hadn't found anything, but he'd been there. Five bucks isn't much to pay for a friend, and I had a feeling I could use one. I ate breakfast alone. Alder had already gone to his office, and the rest of the house was asleep. Nacho's breakfast tray rattled when he saw the money. For me, senor dollar? Why? Oh, call it appreciation. You didn't have to follow me out there last night. Well, you, you could have been hurt, senor. You don't know the slope is a long drop to the bottom. Yeah, and lumpy. I didn't expect money. I... I did not do it for that. I know that. Go ahead, second. <laughs> Mil gracias. <laughs> uh, something... Uh, I, I tell you something, senor. When you go running out there last night, I was sure you would find nobody. Oh, why? Would you suffer yourself? Too much, uh, how you call it, bushes, uh, too thick. They could be standing right next to you and you wouldn't know. Then why did you come streaking out after me? I told you. It's a long way down. One wrong step and... Psst. <laughs> In the States, that's an old joke. The punchline is, watch that first step. It's a beaut. I got in the car I'd rented the previous day and headed toward Caracas. I passed the driving time pleasantly by counting oil wells. From that, I graduated to trying to figure how much money they made with each given stroke of the huge pumps. Nice kind of occupation? Sure. Specifically designed for a purpose to keep me from worrying about the business at hand, namely why super salesman Billy Alder, insured for a quarter of a million dollars, should change his beneficiaries five times in a single month. Further, who'd taken that pot shot at him last night? Answers? I went back to counting oil wells. In Caracas, I headed for police headquarters and the head man, Jefe Velasquez. He turned the bullet over to his lab, but they were shorthanded. By lunchtime, I still had no report. So I took Velasquez to lunch. For a man who is living in a house like Billy Alder's, you do not look happy, amigo. That bullet traveled an inch more to the left. Billy Alder wouldn't need a house. It's a good point. You look too serious for a nice lunch. I fixed that. Hey, dame dos pisco sour, por favor. You, uh, you ever drink the pisco sour, amigo? No. Will it help? Well, they do not solve the case for you, but they make you happier about being worried. Well, maybe we'd better order doubles. It's confusing, the Alder house... What do you think? Keep him alive, Alder says. But that's the only word you can get out of him. You feel the thing I mentioned yesterday, the, the, the tension, the strangeness? The only ones I've met are Alder and his daughter. You haven't met uh, Mrs. Alder, any of the others? Why? They got home late. After the shooting? Way after. Interesting. Oh, sure. It could have been any of them out on that slope. I do not worry about you, amigo. You will do fine. Well, I... Well, here's something else interesting. Alder doesn't want me to question any of them about that shot. Oh? You noticed there was no complaint to your office about the murder try. I noticed. Because Alder wanted it that way. Like I say, interesting. Ah, hey, gracias, waiter. You sip that, amigo. See if it does not help. It's good? Oh, very nice. It will be nicer. Just give it time. You, uh, you still have the senior Billy Alder on your mind, eh? Yeah. Have another sip. Jefe. See? There's something else in my mind. You got to learn to relax, Johnny. You mentioned Mrs. Alder a few minutes ago. Seemed surprised I hadn't met her. What are you thinking of? Just that uh, you living at the house. No, Jefe, it was more than that. I mean, you are imagining. Come on, come on now, level with me. I'm far enough out in left field as it is. Write it off as professional courtesy, huh? 
You are a pretty nice-looking fellow, amigo. Don't snow me. Just I am me. simply trying to answer your question, Johnny. Mrs. Alda, how shall we say it? Uh, it does not make her angry to be seen in the company of a handsome man. I see. What's Mr. Alda's reaction? The Alders must be people of breeding. If they have a quarrel, it is not in public. Thanks. But at the risk of seeming ungrateful, you could have mentioned that yesterday. It's a pretty good department, the Caracas police, amigo. You know why? Because I teach them always one thing at a time. Comprende? <laughs> Mucho, amigo. Come on. We eat, then we get back to the lab. If they have not finished, I fire everybody. Expense account item six, $14.85. Valesquez drank enough Pisco Sours to float the Normandy. Back at the police lab, I wished I'd kept pace with him, because all they could tell from the bullet was that it had come from a Luger. And Valesquez pointed out there must be a couple of thousand Lugers in Caracas. I headed back for the altar house at La Guerra. Unless the members of that happy household slept all day, somebody should be alive and stirring. And they were people I wanted to meet badly. But I almost didn't make it. As I approached the main gate, I noticed another car parked along the side of the road about 50 feet from it. Suddenly, it roared into life, shot forward, screamed to a stop, and cut me off, almost piling me into the entrance pillars. You darn fool, what's the matter with you? Plenty. You know who I am, Dollar. I know this. If you ever try a stunt like that again, I'll ram those pearly teeth right down your throat. Tough guy, huh? There's an easy way of finding out. But we'll get to that in a minute. I ask you if you knew who I am. Sure I do. Paul Kincaid, the lad who was smooching with Billy Alder's daughter yesterday. You taking bows? You just couldn't wait to tell Alder about it, could you? Your girl's been telling you lies, Kincaid. I just happen to be there. If you don't want to be seen, don't neck in doorways. Now, just a minute, Dollar. And speaking of people in wrong places, I thought you were a foreman in the oil fields. I don't see any derricks on the Alder property. I took the day off so I could come over and see you. Well, you getting a good look? Yeah. And I still think Alder hired you to keep Peggy away from him. Now, you keep out of my head, Dollar. What are you staring for? Well, now, everybody's full of wild ideas today. I just had one that maybe isn't so wild. Like maybe you just ad-libbed a reason for being here. And the real one is to sneak out on the slope and see if you can't find an empty Luger shell. What? There has to be one out there, you know. You saying I took that shot at Alder? I don't know. How bad do you want to marry into the Alder money? <laughs> Saw the punch coming, slipped it, and threw my own. It was a dilly while it lasted. It lasted too long. You get a set of arms working in an oil field. He had them all right, and those punches hurt. So I went to judo. Even then, he was tough. I guess I'd better get in shape or take up accounting. A look in the car mirror made one thing clear. I couldn't take a face like that through the front door. When I reached the house, I skirted it, managed to get to the service entrance without scaring the life out of anyone. Here, my little gift to Nacho Gomez, Cedar Adam Phi, began to pay off. He hustled me up to my room by the back stairs, and without waiting to be asked, he got busy with bandages and things. You, you win, senor? You, oh. Would you believe it if I said yes? Only through politeness, I think. Oh, oh, perdone, monsieur. That one was pretty deep. Caray. Yeah, what's the matter? I was just thinking, if you really win, I hate to see the loser. Thanks, but I can do it without seeing him again. That is about the best I can do, senor. Yeah, well, okay, thanks. Oh, no, it's nada. Con su permiso, senor. Sure, I... just tell me one thing, will you? Is anything going on downstairs? Well, how, how do you mean, senor? Well, that racket we hear coming uh, up. Here. Racket? Oh, you mean El Mantante. Mantante? The bullfighter? The finest matador in the world, senor. Did you not know he's the guest of the house? He's staying here? Oh, si. The senor and senora Alder, they're big aficionados. They love the corrida. New style, isn't it? Fighting bulls in the house? <laughs> no, senor. Mantante, he just give a, how you say, a, a demonstration of the passes with the cape. You know? Uh-huh. Oh, it's beautiful. Why you not go down and watch, senor? You see, you will enjoy. It's lovely, the fine bullfighter. Anybody ever asked a bull about that? After Nacho's gentle ministrations and a quick change of clothes, I must confess I look slightly more like a human being again. Uh, slightly. Anyhow, I wandered downstairs, headed for the huge living room. 
And it was like walking into another world, alive and pulsating to the music from a record player. Five or six people stood around, hypnotically beating time, their eyes glued to the great El Montante, a handsome Spaniard who skillfully worked a bullfighter's cape in the center of the floor. Nacho hadn't exaggerated. Montante was beautiful to watch. But the feeling wasn't unanimous. Billy Alder and his daughter Peggy were the only people in the room I knew. And though they beat time with the others, they both shared the same expression on their faces. Intense dislike for the man with the cape. As I shifted my attention to them, a woman tore reluctant eyes away from the matador and moved quietly toward me. She wasn't really beautiful, but tremendously chic, for want of a better word. And that made her seem beautiful. I'm Constance Alder, Mr. Dollar. Welcome to our home. Well, thank you, Mrs. Alder. I'm afraid I've been negligent as a hostess. Oh, we've just missed connections, that's all. Charmingly put. Do you mind if I wait to introduce you to the others? When Montante's finished? No, of course not. Please go on back. Don't worry about me. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I watched her as she crossed the room, then realized that someone else was doing exactly the same thing, her husband, Billy Alder. Only the look on his face was the same glaring dislike with which he'd favored the cape-wielding matador. Interesting. Then after a long moment, Constant Alder moved quietly out of the room, as though not wishing to disturb the others. The performance was still going strong, and after about five minutes, I moved out onto the patio, stood looking down at the La Guerra Harbor. Because it was on my mind, I stared down at the spot on the slope from which the Luger had been fired, and I saw that someone was there, awkwardly searching the ground. A moment later, they straightened up, moved a few feet to continue the search. Even in the late afternoon sun, there couldn't be any mistake in the search's identity. It was Constance Alder. Now here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, two sides of the same old yarn. And whichever side you choose, you've got to call it wrong. Join us, won't you? Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Constance Alder, Mr. Dollar. Are you all right? Sure, Mrs. Alder. What made you think I might not be? Well, just you're having left the living room. Being in your own room like this, Well, I... nothing wrong, Mrs. Alder. I'm fine. I- I'm sorry, El Montante took so long with his cape handling demonstration. I... Hope you weren't bored. Not in the least. He's very good. But you did leave. That isn't necessarily a sign of boredom, is it, Mrs. Alder? You left before I did. <laughs> yes, of course. The hostess has to keep busy, you know. Sure. And like I said, I wasn't bored. I only left because I wanted a little air. I went out on the patio for it. I... Wonderful spot, Mrs. Alder. You can see everything. The harbor, the slope down from the house... Even anyone who might be on it. I want to see you, Mr. Dollar. Talk to you. That figures. Where? Your car. Half an hour. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Caracas, Venezuela, to the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Alder Matter. Expense account continued. Sometimes it takes only a few well-chosen words to start the mountain coming to Muhammad. And it looked like I'd picked the right ones with Constance Alder. Whatever she had to say, I wanted to hear it because it was a cinch nobody else in this rat race was giving away any information. Yeah, I wanted very much to hear what Mrs. Alder had to say. I headed downstairs right away because I have a fetish about being early. But my timing was bad. Hey, Dollar, you got a minute? Well, I can hardly say no to my host, Mr. Alder. Come on in the den. Anything the matter? There's cuts on your face. What happened? Your daughter's boyfriend. Paul Kincaid? Yeah, he's got the idea you hired me to bust up that little romance. He didn't like it. That idiot. Is that all you've got to say, Mr. Alder? What? Because if it is, 
Let me tell you how I feel about it, where I stand. Look, Dollar... No, you look. I know you're the insured, but I just about had it with you. I don't have to take that kind of talk. I think you do. You ask me to keep you alive, but you won't lift a finger to help. Every time I ask you a question, you look the other way, do an imitation of a clam. What am I supposed to be, a mind reader? All I want you to do is protect me. Oh, come on, come on, Alder. You're smarter than that. Protect you from what? You've almost been tagged out once. You must have an idea who made that try and why. I have no idea. Just like that, huh? Mr. Dollar... Look, Mr. Alder, don't you see that by not opening up, you're making a clay pigeon out of yourself? I, I can tell you nothing. You know that I'd be justified in suggesting my company cancel the policy. Well, you'll have to suit yourself about that. Excuse me. Just a minute. What did you tell your family and guests about me? Who am I supposed to be? An old friend from up in the States. Uh-huh. You realize something, old friend? That's the first question I ever asked that you had an answer for. It's the first one I considered you had a right to ask. Mr. Alder. Yes? Whose side are you on? Yours or the person who's trying to kill you? Oil-rich Billy Alder, business mind par excellence, super salesman deluxe. The man who could sell or talk you into anything. But could he say one word that might keep another bullet from coming his way? It sure didn't look like it. I left the den, was just starting out to my car to meet Mrs. Alder. I must have been real anxious for our chat because I suddenly realized I'd forgotten my car keys. I hurried back upstairs and at the top almost bowled over a woman who was about to come down. Oh, I'm so sorry. My fault. That's all right. No, no. I should have looked where I was going. Here, uh, are you hurt, Miss... It's perfectly uh... all right. Excuse me, please. Sure was a hard house to make acquaintances in, even when they were old and drab and stern-looking. Well, I went to my room, got my car keys and my wallet, which lay alongside them. The position of the wallet was interesting. I shut the door, headed once more for my car. The lady of the house was waiting, and we took off. I know who you are, Mr. Dollar, while you're here. I'm sure you do. I was just back in my room. What? I'll give you a tip. Never search a pro's room. He always puts an article down in a certain position, then memorizes it automatically. A searcher can never replace it exactly the same way. With me, it's wallets. I did not go into your room. Oh, then name a guess for me, will you? Fifty-ish kind of lady, kind of faded, severe-looking? Why? I'm just curious. Doris Cole, a very old friend from the States. Mind telling me where her room is? Right next to yours. Why? Well, I just ran into her as she was coming downstairs. She looked a little, um, call it worried. That's ridiculous. She'd have no more reason to search your room than I would. Sure. Let's forget it. A little while ago, I saw you searching out on the slope. And you know I saw you. Now, what were you looking for? An empty cartridge? You think I fired that shot at my husband? Someone did. And there are easier places to go for a stroll than on that slope. I know what you're thinking. But you're wrong. I just wanted to see if I could find some trace of whoever had done it. A shell from a gun. Well, that's interesting, to say the least. I don't like your tone, Mr. Dollar. I don't blame you. Because you just made a boo-boo. Only an automatic ejects a shell. A revolver doesn't. In other words, you knew what kind of gun was used. Uncomfortable, Mrs. Alder? Why don't you go home? Like to live dangerously, Mrs. Alder? Slapping the driver of a moving car? Pretty foolish, isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. All right, tell me something. How did you know what I was really here for? My husband. I made him tell me. Well, congratulations. I can't get him to tell me the time of day. And he knows whose side I'm on. We rode back to the house without exchanging another word, and one thing was obvious. The chic Mrs. Alder had apologized all right, but the anger I'd stirred up could have powered a fair-sized city for a week. When we reached the house, she simply got out, headed for it as though I were a process server she wanted to get away from. I went to my room, trying not to look like a process server, to figure what my next step would be. I was suddenly very grateful to whoever had chosen my room because of two things. The excellent view of the Alder patio and what was happening on it. 
Mrs. Alder and Doris Cole were having a discussion with Mrs. Alder doing all the talking. Even from this distance, I could see the anger on both their faces. Then, after a few minutes, both women went into the house. Five minutes later, I was still wishing I could have heard the words. Well, Miss Cole, won't you come in? Well, I uh, only stopped for a moment. Glad you did. I uh, just wanted to apologize for my behavior when we ran into each other on the stairs a little while ago. Oh, nonsense. It was my fault. No, no. I, I meant, well, I was so brusque and... Well, I just don't know what I could have been thinking of. Oh, you were nothing of the kind. Don't worry about it. You're, you're very nice about it. Very nice. Well, uh, excuse me now, won't you? Oh, sure thing, Miss Cole. Thanks for taking the trouble. Yes, yes. I watched her as she hurried down the hall. An awkward woman who left you with one strong impression that she had little feel for the social graces. The impression was emphasized about two minutes later by a second visitor, one who knew all about the social graces, Constance Alder, all smiles and charm. I'll bet you thought we ran out of food, Mr. Dollar. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. Blame El Mantante. Does he eat everything in the house? Oh, no, not quite. He just refuses to allow dinner to be served, insists that tonight he's the host, that it's his evening. Oh, what does that mean? Dinner in town, the highlight matches, and nightclubbing afterward. He simply won't be refused. Insists that everyone in the house be his guest. Sound attractive? Well, it would be pretty hard to say no to an offer like that. Good. Don't be long. Everyone's dressing like mad. Should be quite an evening. It was. Montante was acknowledged to be a great matador. He had just as much class outside the arena. He ordered a dinner, and it was gourmet time. He placed our bets at the highlight matches, nothing but winners. And at the nightclub, nothing but champagne. For a group of people living in a house loaded with tension, it was a ball. And a lot of it was because of the matador's quiet, easy manner. He was a man who knew how things should be done and did them. It was pretty tough not to like him. Constance Alder seemed to feel the same way, her eyes always on him. But the matador himself was never once out of line, never said or did anything that could possibly offend Billy Alder. And for a busy host, he was observant. I found that out while the others were dancing. Perhaps I can answer the question, Senor Dollar. I haven't asked one, Senor Montante. In words, no. But it's not difficult to interpret. You watch Mrs. Alder, then me. Then a question is in your eyes, no? You're a pretty sharp fellow, Senor Matador. And a gentleman, Senor. I do not pursue other men's wives. The question is answered? Partly. What happens when you're the pursuit? I see. Senor Dollar, women with money but without great beauty, they try to compensate, each in her own way. Hers is not unusual. Acquisition. The company and attendance of a man who is presentable, admired. I am not unknown in the arena. So for the moment, it is my company. Tomorrow, a better-known companion, if one should appear. As simple as that. It's sad, no, senor? And a little embarrassing. Thanks. And I'm the one who's embarrassed. I thought your eye was on the Alder fortune. <laughs> senor, you know what I receive for a Sunday afternoon in any Latin American country? $10,000. Sometimes more. Your question is answered, senor? Well, not quite. Why does a fellow take bullfight lessons? Like I said, the evening was pleasant, but it was still a job. Watching Doris Cole now, awkwardly dancing with Billy Alder, I kept thinking of her argument with Mrs. Alder, her furtiveness. I felt sure she'd been the one who'd searched my room and there would never be a better chance to return the compliment. So I developed a sudden killing headache and over the protests of the others, said goodnight and grabbed a cab for the Alder house in Aguiara. In Miss Cole's room, I did a hurried but thorough search and came up with two things that proved real interesting. A passport with Doris Cole's picture, but made out to one Dora Jansen. And an unsigned letter, postmarked New York. In a quick scrawl, it said simply that the Caribbean star would arrive in La Guerra on the 17th. I'm sorry about your headache, Mr. Dollar, but there is no aspirin in my room.
Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, motives for murder are like peanuts. Once you start, you can't stop. One difference, though. A peanut won't kill you. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Uh, Dollar? There's Alder here. There must be something the matter with the house phone. I thought I rang a different room. Doris Cole's room, Mr. Alder? Well, yes. That's what you got. Now, see here, Dollar, you're not questioning that woman, badgering her. We were simply discussing two headaches and the value of aspirin. Want to speak to her? I just wanted to be sure everything was all right. Both of you running out of the nightclub with headaches like that. Oh, everything's fine. I'd like to speak to you, though. Sorry, it's late. I have a long day tomorrow. I'm afraid it's important. Good night, Dollar. Are you thinking of arresting me, Mr. Dollar? I'm not a policeman, Miss Cole. You act like one. Answering my phone, sneaking into my room while I'm gone. That evens the score, then. You had a quick look through mine earlier in the day. Mr. Dollar. Just what were you looking for, Miss Cole? Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Caracas, Venezuela to the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Alder Matter. Expense account continued. Back in my own room after saying goodnight to a sullen Doris Cole, I didn't feel the slightest qualms about having invaded her room and lying about the reason for it. Why should I? The people in the Alder house didn't seem too concerned with the truth. In fact, the whole case seemed to be a question of lie or say nothing. Consider... Billy Alder had been shot at, indicating he had a good reason to change beneficiaries five times in a month. And still, he was the original say-nothing fella. Keep me alive was all I could get out of him. His wife had lied, his daughter had lied, and Doris Cole, an old friend of the family, had just proved to be a walking lie. The passport I'd found in her room had her photograph, all right, but it said she was Dora Jansen. An unsigned letter in the same drawer had stated simply that the Caribbean star would dock tomorrow. I got into bed, and an odd thought hit me. If the Caribbean Star didn't dock, would the steamship company have joined the Liars Club, too? Expense account item seven, ten cents, one newspaper bought on the La Guiara docks early next morning. My Spanish is pretty nothing, but I could read the important thing, that the Caribbean Star was due at noon. With time to kill, I drove into Billy Alder's office in Caracas. He hit the ceiling when I told him about Doris Cole's passport, I was suddenly glad I'd mentioned nothing about the letter. Dollar, how dare you search the room of a guest in my house? How dare you? Just returning a courtesy. What? Mine was searched thoroughly. Well, that still isn't any reason for your behavior. Oh, one-way ethics, Mr. Oliver? I've told you repeatedly, Dollar. There's only one reason I want you here. I know. Keep you alive. But how? With handcuffs on? Now, suppose I told you to find some oil, then refuse to let you dig any holes in the ground. You'd begin to smell a rat, wouldn't you? What are you talking about? Just about everything in this set. Look, I have a very busy... Day. Who is Dora Jansen, Mr. Alder? And why does she call herself Doris Cole? You're making too much of nothing, Dollar. It isn't a crime to use another name. That depends on the reason, doesn't it? Yeah, she's an old friend. Oh, who isn't? Dollar, I... Aren't you tired of that tune? For a man who's afraid for his life, you've got more old friends than anyone I ever knew. Also, I haven't noticed anything particularly friendly between you. Yeah, she's, she's not a well woman, Dollar. I don't want you bothering You don't want me bothering anyone. Exactly. Not even the one who fired that shot at you. So I can't help getting an impression that you have a pretty good idea of who it might have been. I told you I was busy, Dollar. Yeah, but it's what you haven't told me I keep thinking about. Um, Dollar. What? Did, uh, did you find anything else in that room... Beside the passport? Why, Mr. Alder, what's happened to your sense of ethics? There was still plenty of time before the Caribbean Star would be docking, and Billy Alder's reaction had dictated my next move. The cable office in Laguiara suddenly seemed like a very important place to visit. There were too many silent mouths in Caracas, and I needed one that had something to say. 
Ah, okay, miss. You can take this now. See, si, senor. How do you like this to go? Don't spare the horses. Okay. Uh, cable, rush. Ah, see. Si. Victor Kelly, world... Yeah, no, my lousy handwriting. Here. To Victor Kelly, Worldwide Mutual, Hartford, Connecticut, USA. See. Si? Want all possible information, Dora Jansen, a.k.a. Doris Cole, U.S. passport, 19B67943-11. Signed, Dollar. And your address for the answer? Uh, I'll pick it up here. As you wish. And lady, please... I know, senor. Don't spare the horses. It was still early when I reached the waterfront where the Caribbean Star would soon be docking. There wasn't much point in watching the incoming passengers. I didn't even know who I was looking for. So I found a spot at the pier entrance where I could concentrate on those meeting the passengers. Here I made a grudging concession to all movie detectives. Item seven, another 10 cents, another newspaper to hide behind. And you know something? It works fine. Doris Cole, or according to that passport, Dora Jansen, was nervous, excited. And there was no trouble to stay close behind her as she met a passenger, a short, nondescript man in his late 50s. When they jumped into a cab and hurried away from the pier, they were closely followed by a man clutching an unread newspaper, me. The trip was a short one, about six or seven blocks away. The cab in front pulled up at a cheap hotel on the waterfront. I circled the block once, got rid of my cab, and wandered into the dismal lobby. The fat, sleepy clerk made a concession. He opened one eye. See, si, you look for something. Yeah, that uh, gentleman who just came in, I, uh, I had an appointment with him. Oh, darn it, I, I must have left the slip of paper with his name on it in my hotel. I can't find it. Uh, it's too bad. You know, the gentleman who just went up to room, uh, room, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to say the number now, huh? <laughs> Don't you think I ever been to a movie? Oh, no, really, you can save me a lot of embarrassment. You've got it right there on the register. See? Mind if I have a look? I mind. Look, friend... When was the last time you got anything for free, friend? Oh, why didn't you say so? I was trying not to offend you. Here. Here, let me see. You play blackjack, senor, how you call it, uh, uh, 21? Yeah, why? Like they say, hit me again. Oh, you're rubbing it in. See, si. you want to do business or no? Item nine, ten bucks, market schmear, schmooze, or just plain graft. He pointed an oversized forefinger at a name on the ledger, lost interest in me, went back to sleep. Arthur Singer, it said, room eight. I went up the stairway. A few seconds later, I moved as quietly as I could down the grimy second-floor hallway, stopped at the door at number eight. At first, I heard nothing. Then, after a long minute, the voices began, angrily, as though resuming an old know. argument. I don't know. Then let me handle it. No, no, but what about him? Suppose he What knows. does he does? You want it all to go for nothing? Now, you listen to me. I know what I'm doing. Five minutes later, I was back in the cable office getting a second message off to Vic Kelly in Hartford. It was a request for anything he could possibly dig up on Arthur Singer. I didn't hope for too much because it would probably turn out to be an alias, but it was an angle I couldn't afford to overlook. You're not back for answers so soon, senor. Oh, no, I just want you to get this one off. Same fella. And same way, no spare the horses? That's it. And thanks. It's nada. Oh, senor, I want to ask you something. Shoot. Your business partner, did I do something to displease him? He seemed so angry. My who seemed so what? Well, he was so nice at first, but after he read the message... Wait a minute, hold everything. First of all, I have no business partner. Oh, then I make terrible mistakes. Oh, just tell me what happened. Well, this man, he come in less than a minute after you leave, was very nice. Yeah. Said he was your business partner, that he'd just leave you. You were worried because you forgot whether you say something in the message you just sent. Then you ask him to check it for you. Mm -hmm. He seemed to know what he was talking. So you showed it to him. Then? That is when he got so angry. He just put it down and leave. What did he look like? A little less tall than you, and he have gray hair. Eyeglasses? See, si, eyeglasses. Gray suit? See, si, senor. Gray suit. You know him? I'm beginning to wonder if anyone really does. I am so sorry for my mistake, senor. Oh, forget it. It wasn't your fault. Uh, just send that second message. Si, senor. About the answers. Send them to me at William Alder's house as soon as you get them. Maybe we'll read them together. Sure. Billy Alder was my new business partner. Alder, the original close-mouthed fellow. 
But it looked like there was nothing wrong with his brain or his eyesight. Then suddenly I didn't mind that he'd read my message to Vic Kelly, because a frightened man usually reacts at the extreme ends of the scale. He'd been at the let's-do-nothing end. Maybe he'd now go the other way. There was one more step I could make on the waterfront, so I made it. My credentials presented at the steamship offices got me a look at the passenger list of the Caribbean Star. The name Arthur Singer wasn't on it. I started down the small waterfront street to where my car was parked. My mind was full of Billy Alder and the pieces of this crazy puzzle, tugging one way, pulling another. Trying to make sense out of it somehow, I used some sort of slide rule where logic could be a solid base. No matter how I twisted it, I knew one thing. It just wouldn't work. I didn't have enough yet to make it work. I was just reaching for the door handle when I saw his reflection in the car window. The man who'd sneaked up behind me, blackjack raised high in the air. The blackjack was just insurance. He was tough enough without it. I finally worked him to the side of the car, managed to half Nelson, and let the car door workers my blackjack. Five seconds later, an officer came rushing up, and five minutes later, I sat in the office of Jefe Velasquez, chief of police. You feeling all right now, amigo? Yeah, yeah, sure. What did you get out of that blackjack artist? Just what I expected. Still won't say who hired him, huh? You have to understand this kind of fellow, amigo. I do, huh? What I mean, he's a uh, uh, assassino pequeño, you, you know? Cheap hood, monster. Uh, si, si. For extra two bolivar, maybe three, he would blackjack his mother. He claims he does not know who hired him, that he is to get his money in a letter. <laughs> that one I was spats. Okay. I say he's lying. Of course, but he will stick to the story because he knows he will get the same sentence whether he tells or he does not. A cheap hood won't usually cover for somebody else. This kind does, amigo. Otherwise, he would never be hired again. I'd, uh, I'd give a lot for a few minutes alone with him, Jefe. Sorry, Juanito, but I like my job. Yeah, just wishful thinking. <laughs> not hard to understand. Well... You are leaving? Not getting anywhere sitting here. Are you sure you haven't got business somewhere else, uh... I got an awfully big yen to talk to that thug. You know, I got a hunch. Forget it, amigo. It's like I say. If you ask him on a Monday what is the day, he must tell you Tuesday. You could beat him to death, he will still say Tuesday. Is the way they think. A fair favor. If I can. Suppose I don't prefer charges. Would you put a tail on him when he leaves? Johnny. Look, look. I know it's a million to one against the hood doing a rough up without the money in hand, but if he hasn't collected you. Come, amigo. Like you say, a million to one. I know I'm grabbing at straws, but just in case, if I. Come on, huh? Okay. Good, thanks. Hey, where do you go? Back to the cable office. Oh? Yeah. And if a man in Hartford has nothing to say, I've got a permanent seat behind the eight ball. Now, here's our star to tell you about the final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow... A puzzle never fits itself together. You've got to snoop, pry, and juggle the pieces. And sometimes people get killed that way. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Good morning, Senor Dollar. Is La Guiara Cable Office calling? We have an answer to cables you sent to Hartford, Connecticut. Good. Would you like me to read the message, senor? No, I'm on a telephone with extensions. Oh, I see. Perhaps you prefer I have it delivered then? No, no, I don't. Then you will come in for it yourself? Yeah, just as fast as I can get there. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Caracas, Venezuela, to the Home Office Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Alder Matter. Expense account continued. At the cable office, I ran into another dead end. Vic Kelly, back in Hartford, had come up with absolutely nothing on either Dora Jansen, who called herself Doris Cole, or Arthur Singer, the little man she'd hurried off an incoming liner yesterday. Complete strikeout. I headed outside, caught a glimpse of Mrs. Billy Alder watching me from across the street. 
social life changing, Mrs. Order? Does being my hostess include tailing me? Does being on Laguerre Street constitute tailing you? <laughs> Preserve me from amateur detectives. Good morning, Mr. Dollar. Now, oh, come on. You rushed out of the house so fast you couldn't possibly have eaten. I'll buy you breakfast. I knew it was curiosity that made her take me up. She just couldn't resist the thought that maybe I'd give something away, let something slip. She ate warily, tentatively. We must have looked like two boxers in a close fight sitting on the edge of their stools waiting for the last round, the one that would decide the winner. You're staring. Thinking. You love your husband, Mrs. Alder? There better be a reason for a question like that. Let's stop sparring, huh? You know why I'm down here. Do I? You told me you did the other day. So I did. Now, don't be aloof, lady. You're not that much in the clear. You've been the beneficiary several times and dropped. My daughter is the present one, I believe. And what exactly is your point? There's been no crime committed. No crime? Somebody's bullet misses your husband by inches and you call it no crime? Thank you for breakfast. Don't forget, I saw you out on the grounds of the house searching the place that shot came from. I told you before. You knew an automatic pistol was used, admitted looking for a shell. You talk too much, Mr. Dollar. And you talk too little. Look, why have you been tailing me? It's certainly not to see that I'm protecting your husband's life. So it's obviously to make sure that I don't find out something. Now, what is it, Mrs. Alder? And why is it so terribly important I don't find out about it? If you won't leave, Mr. Dollar, I will. There's this about getting someone angry enough, fearful enough, it makes them forget about caution. Mrs. Alder never once looked back, simply headed straight for the cheap little waterfront hotel where Arthur Singer was staying. She stayed for over half an hour, and when she left, she still looked frightened. Whatever the game was, it looked like everyone was a player but me. But Mrs. Alder's move helped, started an idea gnawing at me. So I headed for Caracas in the office of a smart cop, Jefe Velasquez. I needed someone to talk to, and the Jefe was a good listener. Come, amigo, sit down. Tell me where it feels wrong, huh? Billy Alder. He does all that changing in his policy, so I assume he's scared of being knocked off. Probably by one of the people who has been named a beneficiary of the policy. So? So now I'll take the other people concerned. Alder's wife is as much a clam as her husband is. Also, she knows what kind of a gun was used to take that shot at him. Dora Jansen, a woman who uses an alias and is obviously afraid of me. Arthur Singer, a little man Dora has hidden in a waterfront hotel. And now I find Alder's wife knows about the little man, too. Conclusion, amigo? That the three of them are in on something together. But not to kill Alder for that policy. His daughter gets it all. Yet Alder is afraid. And I think he's scared of something the others know. Now, suppose that shot wasn't meant to kill him, just frighten him. A sign that somebody meant business. That is a nice piece of logic. Yeah. Now all I gotta do is make it work. Look, Hefe, whatever this deal is, nobody's gonna make a move till I'm out of here. So? So, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm going to do a little acting. I stayed with Velasquez another half hour, setting things up as best I could. Then I drove to the airport and paid item 11, $309.80 for a plane ticket marked Hartford, Connecticut. Sure, it was an expensive prop, but this was one act I had to be convincing in. I drove back to Caracas, pasted a real angry look on my face, marched into Billy Alder's sumptuous office and threw the airline ticket on his desk. He studied it for a long minute. What does this mean, Dollar? That I've had all of you I can take, Alder. You and your keep me alive. You are going back to the States? You can read. The ticket says Hartford, Connecticut. It also says the 6 o'clock plane, because there's nothing earlier. But, but why? Why, Dollar? So I can get back and make my recommendations to the insurance company. You know what I'm going to recommend, Alder. Uh, please, wait. That they cancel your policy because of your refusal to cooperate. Sorry, Alder. Dollar, please. Now, don't do it. I beg There's you. a clause in that policy. I don't care about that policy. Now, don't you understand? Understand what? Listen to me. All that changing of beneficiaries... I only did that to make them send someone down here. I need protection. Against what? I... I'm in a jam. All I want is protection until... until it's peacefully settled. Do you understand? No, plainer. I know someone wants to kill me over a business deal. I'm asking you to see that I stay alive until I have time to... to reason with this man. Who is he? I, I can't tell you. Then let me tell you something. He's just arrived in town. How did you... 
Uh, don't you see, Mr. Dollar? You must stay. Sorry. Goodbye, Mr. Alder. I went back to the Alder house, packed my bag, and said my goodbyes. Neither Mrs. Alder nor Dora Jansen wept. I drove to the airport, checked my luggage in. Then I slipped away, drove back to Caracas the long way. A half hour later, I checked into a little side street hotel where Jefe Velasquez had reserved a room for me. Then came the hardest part, the waiting. That six o'clock plane must have been way out over the Caribbean when the call finally came. Uh, yeah? Velasquez here. You tired of waiting? Oh, brother, you know it. Look, Jefe, your men check in. Maybe I should have taken part of the work. Be patient, amigo. Your whole idea depends on the thinking you took that plane. You must stay right where you are. But uh, what about your men? Have I they... I get a call every couple minutes, amigo. Alder, his wife, the Dora Johnson, uh, Arthur Singer. I can tell you every move they make in the last three hours. But they haven't made the one I'm waiting for, huh? You will know it three minutes after they make it. If they make it. Thanks, F.A. Five minutes later, Velasquez called again. He took only enough time to tell me he was on his way and to be down on the street in two minutes. I was. I only beat him by seconds. Come on, amigo. Well? It looked like your plan worked, Juanito, this uh, Dora Johnson. Yeah? As soon as she learned your plane left, the one you did not take, she rushed to the waterfront hotel, pick up the Arthur Singer. Then the two of them rushed to the Alder house. And? Alder must have seen him coming because he jumped in his car and raced out in the direction of his oil field at Caranero. They see him and follow him. That's where we headed for. Then we better get things going, get there before Singer kills Alder. I don't know whether or not he deserves killing, but I know one thing. It'll cost my company a quarter of a million bucks. Velasquez's men were plenty good. Halfway to Caranero, one of them flagged us down, told us both cars had definitely passed his way. And when we reached the oil field, another one waited at the gate. He told us Billy Alder, Dora Jansen, and Arthur Singer were in a little work shack across the field. We left the car and moved as quietly as we could toward the shack. There was a weird feeling. In every direction, you could see the great oil rigs working, pumping, ignoring us. We reached the shack, peered cautiously through the window. An even weirder scene was taking place. An almost hysterical Dora Jansen pointed a luger at a sweating Billy Alder. A terrified Arthur Singer pleaded with her. Their words pushed easily through the thin wooden slatting. Dora, don't, please don't do it. You'll only make things worse. Your brother's right, Dora. Dora, listen to me. Like he listened to you four years ago. What did it get him, Mr. Fancy Promoter? Tell me that. I'll make it right with him. A quiet gentleman. A bookkeeper who never did anything wrong in his life until you sold him a bill of goods. Now listen to me, both of you. So he rigged your books for you. Made false entries, made it look like he was responsible for the bankruptcy. And he did the three years in prison that you should have done. For a hundred thousand dollars... That was the deal. And believe me, I'm not trying to cheat him. The money is tied up in my business. I need time, but I'll pay him. Pay him? It's been a year since he came out of jail. You'll never pay. You'll try to cheat him out of the money one way or another. I swear to you, Dora. It's a lot easier to kill him than pay him, isn't it? Oh, you're crazy. Is that why you kept the Luger in the house? Were you worried when it disappeared? When I shot at you to let you know I meant business? Think what you're doing. Dollar knows all about this. Oh, yes. Your bodyguard must have gotten frightened after I had him beat up the other day. He's on his way to the States in a plane. Dora! No! I'm going to kill you. No! Come on. Put it down, Dora. You pull that trigger and he'll still come out the winner. No! Senorita, do not make me fire, please. I don't care. As long as he gets what he deserves. Stand back! Senorita! For a split second, she wavered. Then the hate took over. Alder sank to the floor, disbelief on his face. Panicked, she raced out into the night, and I went after her. Dora! No! Dora, hold it! No! There's no place to go! Dora! What happened to her, Johnny? She panicked, turned to scream at me, and ran right into one of the protection fences around the derrick. She just passed out. She'll come around. How's Alder? Conscious, but I do not know. We better get him to the hospital. Yeah, come on. She didn't mean to shoot him, mister. My sister wouldn't hurt anyone. Sure, sure. Go take care of her. She was only doing it for me. For me, mister. Walter. Uh, I... I would have paid. I wasn't going to cheat him. Hmm? Oh, Dollar. You know? Yeah, we heard it all. I'm glad it's over. 
worrying. Want to tell me one thing, Alder? Your wife, where does she fit? She had nothing to do with it. Just knew about it. I wasn't too nice to her for a long time. Other women, her running around, just a way of punishing me, paying me back. She knew I couldn't afford to complain. Yeah, wish you'd have told me a long time ago, Alder. I couldn't. Case could always be reopened. I, I, I couldn't face that. Would have hurt too much. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't have hurt as much as that bullet. Expense account total, $833.14. Details, Billy Alder was rushed to the Caracas Hospital, underwent some excellent surgery, and uh, relaxed, claims department. He's going to make it. As for his shady business tactics, well, that's out of my bailiwick. That's for the law boys. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a quiet cabin by a quiet lake, a place ideal for romance and ideal for murder. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Tony Barrett. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Gil Stratton, Harry Bartell, Barbara Fuller, John Daner, Virginia Gregg, Don Diamond, Vivi Janis, and Tony Barrett. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. <laughs>